Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. You have no idea the amount of influence that you have on people right now. You have no idea where your story fits into God's grand story. You have no idea the impact that God is wanting to have through your life. You have no idea of that right now. But if you start to give in to lies like this, the amount of influence, the amount of impact, your part in the story will be significantly, if not entirely, diminished. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Everyone has heroes growing up, and even in adulthood. It is these heroes that often can do things we wish we could do. They have a popularity that we can only dream about. When it comes to our relationship with God, He doesn't want us to only have heroes of this world, but also heroes of faith. In this series, we'll be studying a portion of the Bible in Hebrews 11 that is known as the Heroes of Faith chapter. This chapter is full of stories of men and women who had an extraordinary faith in God. While they were not perfect, they were faithful. As we study their stories, we will learn how we can be faithful as well. Please enjoy the message. Being rather arrogant, he thinks he can conquer the world. He's a bit naive. He goes to his brothers and he tells them this dream. And the brothers, well, they don't respond too well to this. In fact, that was the thing, that was a straw that broke the camel's back in this case. And after that, they would plot to take his life. And so one day, Jacob, his father, sends Joseph out into the field to hold his brothers accountable, to make sure they're doing the work that they're supposed to be doing. His brothers, up until this point, had seemingly been keeping their distance from him. But when Joseph shows up, this is what they say. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. And so Joseph comes upon these people who are supposed to love him, who are supposed to take care of him, who he, there's supposed to be trust in the midst of the relationship. And instead they rip off this coat that his father had given him. They beat him and they throw him into a cistern that has no water in it. And it's there that they plot how they're going to take his life. And maybe at this point, Joseph is thinking that it's a cruel joke or perhaps they'll relent and they'll extend some grace to him and they won't follow through on their plans. But as they're discussing how it is that they're going to take his life, a caravan of Ishmaelites comes upon them. And Judah, Joseph's brother, comes up with the bright idea that he's going to sell Joseph into slavery for 20 pieces of silver. And that's exactly what happens. And so they sell Joseph, they pull him up out of this cistern, they sell him off to the Ishmaelites who chain him into this caravan and he begins this long, sad road that he walks down in chains to Egypt. And he probably thought along the way that, you know, maybe his brothers would come after him. Maybe his brothers would, were just doing this to teach him a lesson. But they never come after him. And at some point in time, he realized that as far as his family was concerned, he was on his own. But somehow, someway, in the midst of this betrayal, he doesn't lose hope. Somehow, someway, he doesn't allow this to necessarily define his life. And many of you, you know, you've gone through betrayals. You had a husband who betrayed you and was unfaithful. You had a spouse who betrayed you and was unfaithful. A wife that betrayed you and was unfaithful. You've had siblings who, for whatever reason, treated you in a way that was unconscionable. And you've had children that have maybe turned their backs on you. You know, you've dealt with this to a certain degree. And it's hard to work through that. But in Joseph's case, he believed. He believed that God was truly with him through that. 
And because of that, he was able to respond the way that he did. And what ends up happening is the Ishmaelites sell Joseph off into um, continued slavery for a man named Potiphar. This is what the Bible says there. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, quite a ways from where he was. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, he was essentially the uh, secretary of defense, you might say. He was a big deal. The captain of the guard bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph. Now, if you would have just looked at Joseph's life, you would have said, so what? What difference does that make? He's a slave. The chains are on him. It's hard. His circumstances aren't really getting that much easier. But the Lord was with Joseph so, so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And what's, what's incredible about this story here in regards to Joseph is that the blessing is seemingly passing through Joseph. That there is this, that the people that he is a slave to are being blessed while Joseph is still in the midst of slavery. And this is what happens from there. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household and of the Egyptian because of Joseph. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, God's with you, but everyone else around you is the one getting the blessing. And so if you really believe that God is with you, here's the lesson that we learned from here. Then you will be okay with giving the blessing, not just getting the blessing. If God is really with you, I mean, that's the bless the blessing. And some of you dads, you know, this is a lesson I hope that you can allow to settle into your hearts. Because for you, you work hard. You work 50, 60 hours a week, and you provide for your family, and you bless your family. But maybe for you, your job's a bit of a burden, and you don't necessarily care for it, and maybe they don't necessarily treat you right. And you're providing your, but you're providing your family with a home, a home that you could have only dreamt about as a kid, or you couldn't have even dreamt about. It's so unfathomable that you would have had something like that as a child. And they get the blessing. That's what's happening here. Just because others around you are being blessed by you or being blessed through you, that doesn't mean that God isn't necessarily with you. There's a man who played shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles in the early 80s. His name is Bobby Bonner. He's a devout Christian, and he was a devout Christian at this time. His major league career didn't last long, actually. The manager for the Baltimore Orioles was a bit antagonistic, to say the least, against Christianity. And he told Bobby, he said, if you keep talking about Jesus in the clubhouse, you will never play in the major leagues again. And sure enough, that would prove to be true. That the last season that Bobby Bonner, the next season, would be Bobby Bonner's last season in the major leagues. And after that, he would be designated to the minors. And after that, he would eventually be released. And Bobby Bonner, he would talk about this, if you ever get a chance to listen to his story, his testimony. He talks about the burden, the challenges that he went through as he was in this clubhouse and as he was dealing with the difficulty of his situation and as he had a coach who was seemingly against him. But now, after many years of reflection, he would also say there were 69 people that through the course of my interactions with them that would come to believe in Jesus. And while I had to deal with the burden, they were getting the blessing of me being there. That's the story of Joseph. And that is going to be your story as well at some point in time in your life. And maybe it's your story right now. There's just times where you're going to deal with the burden. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. 
Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you wanna know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. And maybe you're a, you're a mom and, and right now you're blessing your children and you're caring for your children and you're loving on your children, but man, you're just exhausted. We become okay with that and not bitter with that when we really believe that God is with us. Because when God is with us, we are going to be a blessing to people. And it's not just about the blessing being coming to us. Or maybe you're a grandparent and you're caring for your grandkids and your children are working and you spend a lot of time with those grandkids and it wears you out. And then every flu season, you get the flu and you're sick and it's hard. But you're being a blessing to those kids and you're being a blessing to your family. That's what I'm talking about here. And as the story of Joseph would go on, um, Potiphar wouldn't be the only person who would take a liking to Joseph. Potiphar's wife would as well. This is what the text says. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. Uh, something that you have to realize in the Bible is it generally doesn't talk about people's looks, but when it does, it usually doesn't lead to anything that's good. And in this case, that would be the case as well. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Hang on to that idea. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. And so she comes to Joseph, and he could have easily justified what it was that she was proposing to him. He could have said, well, everybody else is doing it. I mean, undoubtedly, he wasn't the only one that she had propositioned. There were certainly other slaves, other men on this, on this uh, property that she had been to bed with, to say the least. He could have said, well, it'll, it's something that'll help my job if I do this. Or he said, if I don't do this, it'll be something that hurts my job. He, he could have said, well, she's my master and I'm the slave. I have to do what it is that she says. He could have justified this any number of ways. But for Joseph, he wasn't concerned with justifying the temptation or succumbing to the temptation. For Joseph, he still held on to this idea that God was really with him. And for many of us, we can often forget that God is with us, and then justify the decisions that we make. And so we say things, or we have ideas like, well, you're underpaid, so you can steal from your company. Your wife has no interest in you, so you can look at pornography. Your husband doesn't pay enough attention to you, so you spend time with someone else on the side. Maybe it's emotional, maybe it's physical. It's all justifiable, right? There's no accountability. If we don't really believe God is with us, this is the, these are the kind of things that we start to tell ourselves. Your friends don't want to hear about your faith, so why tell them? 
Money is tight, so of course you'll worry. Your coworkers talk about you, so you gossip about them. Your children are challenging you, so of course you will lose your temper. You have no idea the amount of influence that you have on people right now. You have no idea where your story fits into God's grand story. You have no idea the impact that God is wanting to have through your life. You have no idea of that right now. But if you start to give in to lies like this, the amount of influence, the amount of impact, your part in the story will be significantly, if not entirely, diminished. There was a church in Missouri who had an elder that was incredibly influential, not only in the church, but also in that community. A very well-respected man. Tornadoes came through the community, tore through it, destroyed many of the houses. This particular elder's house had its roof ripped off the top of it. Some of the people in his church went to his home to help him, to assist, to clean up the mess. Their perception of him would never be the same after that. Because when they arrived at his property, they found, um, this was a few years back, but they found these Playboy magazines ripped apart. Front yard, backyard, in the house. Apparently, they had been hidden in the attic. Can he be forgiven of that? Yes. Will his impact or an influence on that community ever be the same? No. No, it won't. When you really believe that God is with you, this is what you do. You will align with God's standards, not your own standards. A friend of mine named Craig Bias' wife, about 10 years ago, had a very debilitating stroke in her late 40s. Um, they'd been married, I think at this point in time, about 15 to 20 years. And half of her body was essentially paralyzed. Through various treatments, rehabs, rehab uh, sessions, and surgeries, she was able to regain some of her mobility. But by and large, she about left side of her body, 75% of it was essentially paralyzed. Now, most people in our world today, that would be a little more than they could handle. And they would leave, they would move on. Craig was still young. He had a lot of life left to live. But he made a decision to honor the vow that he made years ago that he would not just be with this woman in health, but he would be with her also in sickness. And he, I've, I've, and he has set an incredible example for not just hundreds, but thousands of men of what it truly means to be faithful to your spouse. Now, the world standards, your own standards that are maybe relative, would say, check out, leave, this is too much, you've got too much life left to live. But Craig said, no, 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 no. As I would sit with him and talk with him about this, he said, no, no. He said, I believe that God was really with me. He said, this is not easy. It is incredibly difficult, but God is with me every single day, and he helps me get through this. And over the last decade, I mean, he has inspired, again, thousands of men to be more faithful, thousands of women to be more faithful to their husbands even, because of the example that he has set for all of us. When you really believe that God is with you, it affects what you do when no one else is around. It affects what you do when people are around. It affects what you do when you don't think anyone's looking. It affects what you do when you're at home. It affects what you do when you're on the road. When you really believe that God is with you, it will change the standards by which you live by. And sometimes it works out really well. In Joseph's case, that wouldn't be the case. Instead, he would be accused of rape. And from there, um, he would be thrown into prison. Uh, Potiphar's wife is the one who accused him of the rape, and he's thrown into prison. While he's in prison, he comes upon two officials that are in the inner circle of Pharaoh. 
they have a bad dream one night. And they, they're very concerned about this. And Joseph is able to interpret the dream for them. He says to one of them, you, you aren't going to make it out of here. You're going to lose your life. And he says to the other one, you're going to be restored to your position. You're going to be released. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. And when all of that came to pass, Joseph went to this man. And this is the only instance in Joseph's life where you really see him kind of take matters into his own hands to function outside of maybe believing that God was really with him, that God was working in his life. And he says to this man, so you've got to catch this. We would, we would understand, we, we would totally be understanding of why he said what he's about to say. But he says to him, remember me, remember me. But what happens? The cupbearer forgets him. He doesn't remember what has happened. And so for two years, Joseph remains in that prison. It's as if to say that for two more years, God is molding and shaping his character and saying, Joseph, I really want you to believe that I'm with you. And I want that, to, that truth to sink in in such a way that it truly changes your life, that you never have to take a situation into your own hands ever again. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the Give tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. And some of you are in that kind of a place. You're in a job that you hate. You're in a neighborhood that you hate. Maybe you're dealing with some uh, in-law relational issues and you don't know how to get out of those and you're waiting on God to intervene. And right now you're just in this place, this season of waiting like Joseph was. Well, eventually after two years, Pharaoh has a dream and nobody can interpret the dream. And so then the cupbearer remembers Joseph finally in the prison and Pharaoh sends for Joseph so Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had been shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I have heard said that, you, that, that when you hear a dream, that you can interpret it. And this is, catch this, this is Joseph's big moment. Like this is when you're sitting at the table, and you're about to seal the big deal. This is when you're going into the big interview. This is that moment, that life-changing moment when you really need to impress people, when you really need to let them know who you are and what it is that you can do. Joseph's at 30 years of age. He spent 13 years preparing for this moment. And Pharaoh says, I heard that you can interpret dreams. So what does Joseph say? I cannot do it. Now, why, do you, why would he say something like that? Because he really believes that God is with him. And he really knows that he can't interpret the dreams. But then he points, he promotes who it is that can. And he says to Pharaoh, but God will. But God will interpret this dream for you 
Pharaoh. And that's exactly what it is that happens. And all that is interpreted in this dream comes to pass. And in this moment, Pharaoh sees something very special, unique, incredible in Joseph. And he ends up ultimately promoting him to essentially the position of prime minister over all of Egypt. But the lesson that I want you to catch in the middle of this is this, is that when you believe that God is really with you, you will focus on promoting God and not promoting yourself. Because I'm going to tell you something, when you promote yourself, you're going to end up with a lot of things. But they may not necessarily be the things that God wants you to have. And there just comes a moment when you've got to settle in and just say, you know what, if God doesn't, if, if this isn't from God, I don't want it. And one of the things that I've realized in recent years is that virtually everything in my life that has any value at all, I have because of a faith in Jesus. And so this is my family, and I can look at them and I can say that the only reason that I have this family and that I have so many of the other things that I have in life that I truly value is because of a faith in Jesus. My wife has told me this. She said, if you did not believe in Jesus, I would have had nothing to do with you. And then she follows that up with, I really almost didn't have anything to do with you anyway. So I made it in by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> you should be very scared of promoting yourself and the things that you end up with because you promote self. You could end up with a job and you could end up with a house and you could end up with money and you could end up with all sorts of other things. But there's going to come a point in which you realize that God is with you and there's going to come a point in which you realize that God does want you to do some things. And it's going to be very difficult to say yes to God when you've been spending your entire life saying yes to you. And I've had many of those conversations with people that they feel this calling to, to go on a mission trip or they feel this calling to be involved in ministry and they feel this calling to maybe serve more at the church, but they've just said yes to themselves for so long that they can't say yes to God. And that is so incredibly sad. And as the story of Joseph unfolds, his brothers do finally come to him. He's standing they're bowing, just like he dreamed about so many years before. And in that moment, there could have been vengeance, there could have been anger, he could have finally gotten even with them. But when you really believe that God is with you, you don't try to get revenge. And you don't need to get angry. Instead, in that moment, he extended grace and compassion and mercy to them, to these people who had sold him into slavery that's the kind of stuff you do when you really believe that God is with you. And years later, he would say to his family, and Hebrews 11 counts this, recounts this for us, by faith Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, and he gave instructions about his bones. See, he realized that even though he had been sold into slavery, that the mistreatment of his family and these loved ones did not really define him because if it would have defined him, then he would have just said, Egypt is my home. I'm just going to stay here. I don't want anything to do with that place anymore. But his brothers didn't define him. God defined him. And he said, one day, we are going back. And when that day comes, I want you to take my bones with you. He knew it was going to happen one day. And by faith, he saw that day coming because he knew that God had been with him in the same way that God had been with him, that God would be with all these other people. And God was going to use this nation of, of Egypt to raise up this other nation that would be a nation of God, the people of Israel, that ultimately a Messiah would come through. A Messiah who would leave his home and he would enter into a foreign land. 
who sadly he would too be betrayed by his brothers, his sisters. He would be sold for just a few pieces of silver. He would have his coat and his clothes ripped from him. He would be beaten and torn and tattered and ultimately crucified upon a cross. Oh, but what so many meant for evil, God meant for good. And it's in that moment that Jesus didn't seek to retaliate or try to get even. Instead, it's in that moment that grace and mercy and compassion can be extended to us all. As Joseph once said to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And through this is the saving of many lives. And Jesus has the same message for all of us, that it is through his death that so many can experience the salvation that is available in him. And our gracious heavenly Father, who is always with us, has made that possible to each and every one of us. Let's have a word of prayer. And the team will wrap us up. Thank you, Father, for this day. Help us, Lord, to really believe that you're with us and allow that truth to settle in and to change the way we talk, the way we think, and all that we do. We're grateful for your son who came here for us. And Lord, help us now to say yes to you and stop saying yes to us. Jesus Christ's name. Amen. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the Give tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.